Hey there, and welcome to the Graceland Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Brown. You are in the third week, you, we, we are in the third week of our mental health series. Um, If you have not been with us for the first two weeks, I strongly recommend you go back and check out um, our soul care providers, Christian and Bethel, and what they have to say about soul care um, and family hurt. Those two conversations to me were pretty mind-blowing. So make sure to check those out. Today's episode, we have Pastor Nate, who has brought a lot of words of wisdom. It's hard to talk about mental health. It's hard to know where to start, where to stop. And I just encourage you to listen with an open mind and open heart, whether you are in the middle of um, a season of depression or anxiety, or whether you've experienced it before, um, listen in, because regardless, we have all either been there or we know someone who's there. So check out this conversation with Pastor Nate. Hey there, and welcome to the Graceland Moments podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Brown, and today we have a brand new special guest. Just kidding. We have Pastor Nate back with us. Happy to be with you. Thank you. We are glad to have you here. We're going to, we're still in our mental health series, and I feel it's even hard to come on here and, and, you know, Dylan, the podcast guy, tells me to have energy, and I know energy is good, especially if you're listening. It's good to hear it in my voice, but mental health, this subject is tough. It's just tough. It is. it is. And we reached out to our Facebook group, which if you're not a part of our Facebook group and you would like to be, you get access to questions um, and extra footage. Special rights and privileges. Special rights. Right. Discounted. We ask you questions and then we say thank you and then we move on. No, we ask questions about mental health. Right. And we ask people to weigh in on, on what is important to them, what they want to hear us talk about on here and... I mean, you, as you would imagine, even with a handful of comments, they're, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. They, they span um, because we all have different experiences with mental health. We all have different backgrounds and knowledge. And, um, and while we might think that we know something, we don't know everything. Right. And that's why we brought you here. Oh, Not because okay. you know yeah, everything. Right? I know. Um, but when we talked about like, okay, Nate, what do you want to tackle? That was, that's difficult. To tackle anything like that. So people brought up medication. People brought up um, scientific aspects of this. And that's hard, right? Because are you a doctor? I am. You are? I'm a medical doctor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Right. I didn't didn't rattle off all of your degrees like I normally do. (laughs) My kids totally discount it, so it doesn't really matter in the middle of the household. Just put all your paper on the wall. Okay. Make sure people know. Um. But you, your background is not in, in the sciences of the medicine. It's not. No, right? absolutely not. So right. where are you coming from? Obviously, you're coming from a pastor. Um, what are your thoughts on just the, the questions that people were posing? And I mean, you obviously don't want to come on here and you're not going to guess. We know that. You're an right. expert. So you want to be careful. Yeah, I think as we were talking earlier, and I think Dylan, as you referenced him, the podcast guy, I like that phrase, the podcast guy, he said, we don't want to be fearful of talking about all these topics. It's broad. And so we want to lean in and certainly not going to cover all of it. And I'm not a, I'm not a medical doctor. Like my, my father-in-law is a doctor. He weighs into topics all the time and I sit and listen and I'm quiet because he has knowledge and degrees and expertise. I just, I don't have Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not a not a scientist, so I'm not going to try to delve into all the physiological nature, what's going on in the body, and try to uh, speak to things I just don't know. I mean, in the same way that I don't um, spend a whole lot of time 
like we the phrase Monday Monday morning quarterback. You talking about what what Tom Brady did on the Bucks, uh, or what he could have done better. You know, like he's he probably knows what he's doing. And so I, I'm a pastor, and I want to speak to what the Bible says about these issues, these realities of of depression, anxiety, just for a little bit of time. Awesome. Well, um, I know you've prepared some points for us. Do you want to preface those points with kind of where you're headed so people can prepare their hearts? Yeah. So I just think, one, I do think that it's in God's kindness, it's actually become more, is the word acceptable, more um, popular um, for people to talk about struggles Mm -hmm. and their emotions and anxiety and worry and depression. Uh, suicide. I mean, these are these are real thought struggles that are going on for people who are listening right now and watching this podcast uh, and friends and family. I mean, there virtually nobody that we interact with is untouched by these mm-hmm. issues, and most of whom, most of the people we've talked to, have struggled with them. So, um, it's it's been present in my family, my immediate family, some serious struggles with depression and anxiety, almost physically and mentally debilitating. Mm-hmm. And so I had a uh, an author that I read years ago said that uh, depression, anxiety can be like a little piece of hell, a meaningless fog. Um, you can have intensive bouts of depression. And so I really want to be careful and measured in my words. Um, and I hope that people are encouraged and, and challenged, as we regularly say. Yeah. So. And you mentioned, you know, a lot of people, like, we feel more comfortable talking about that now. I couldn't tell if you were saying that like it's a good thing or a bad thing or both. What do you think? I think it's, well, I think overarchingly it's a great thing mm-hmm. because we, I think as as Christians, as conservative Christians, we know that the gospel is the hope of the world. Jesus is our king, our friend, our savior. And we've got that down. And we we don't like to engage in vulnerability, transparency, our struggles. I don't have everything together. And I have a million, million uh, ways in which I need to grow and mature and 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 follow Jesus more faithfully in my life. But one of the things that I I I think that I've seen a lot of growth in my life publicly and privately is that you can't be around me long and know and think Nate has all of his crap together. That's just not who I am. It's not that way in my marriage and my parenting. Um, just this morning, talking with um, five kids, talking about. We're talking about movies and and how um, I'm not real concerned about them watching movies that have have inappropriate language because I know they hear it. God's made our tongue. We want to use our tongue for the glory of God. I struggle with that at times. And so um, I think it's a good thing that we can bring our struggles out in the open. But what do we do with them? You know, as you get close to Jesus, who's the light of the world, he exposes publicly, privately who we are in the inner depths of our soul. And we need to know where to take them. And I think this is just one little um, tool that Dylan, the podcast guy, and you are are helping our Grayson family with, yeah. which I'm super humbled to well, be here were, with you. They were pretty vocal about it. Like you said, they they wanted more of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you're going to bring some truths, and I'm going to give you a hard time about them. Yeah. <laughs> and push, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... So here, so a great book that I read, and this is a little ironic because the guy's name is Paul Maxwell. He's a PhD in philosophy. He, he's written several books. He used to write for the Gospel Coalition. He wrote a book called When Your 20s Are Darker Than You Expected. Hmm. It's, a great, it's a great title, When Your 20s Are Darker Than You Expected. I'd encourage you to get the book. He has since, 
in the summer of 2021, he's walked away from the faith. Hmm. He does not believe in Jesus, doesn't believe in objective truth, doesn't believe in heaven, doesn't believe in hell, doesn't believe that the Bible is God's word. And yet, in God's kindness and God's providence, he's used this man's mind to produce a 200-page book that's really, really helpful to talk about anxiety, depression, loneliness, lust, suicide. It's really helpful. I've recommended it, and I, I would still recommend it. So he gives five points, handles, if you will, for people who are struggling with depression and anxiety. And, um, and so let me just, I'll just walk, yeah. I'll just stop. And if you want to just, yeah, please want me to, to elaborate. So the first is to lament, um, to, to express sorrow. Uh, Jeremiah, the prophet in Lamentations three seventeen says that my, my soul is bereft of peace. I don't have any peace. Mm. You know, where are you God? So I think right there is just really helpful. You have a biblical author talking about, I don't feel and sense and see God in my life in the midst of what's going on with my circumstance. And that's okay. Yeah. We we say it's okay to not be okay, but I don't know if we really believe it as Christians. I think part of it is because I know that if, if you get close to me, Jenny, and you know that Nate says it's okay to not be okay, and I actually say I'm not okay, then you're like, what a, oh, now I got to help. Like, <laughs> like, like I got time. I've, I've got, I've got this podcast to do. I've got, I've got this husband. I've got kids. I've got lots of things I'm doing. And then we don't want to be in the throes of people's messiness. Yeah. And so, um, he talks about b- lament, sorrow, be honest with God. Yeah. So do you think that some people, I mean, you you said you've got five points. Do you think that some people lament and then they just stop there? Like they sit in there yeah. lamenting and then, like you said earlier, you know, we, we're all, we're comfortable. We're more comfortable now saying that this is our reality. Yeah. And then there's a period. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's a great point. You, when you look at the Psalms, and by the way, I, I think one way to, to help us mitigate, not eradicate, but to help us in the midst of anxiety and depression is music. Mm. Why, do, why would I say that? Uh, music is a soul language. A friend of mine, Charlie Eisler, said that music is a soul language. Well, what is the what's the musical content in the Bible? The Book of Psalms. It's, it was the hymn book of the Jews, and it's our hymn book now. As Christians, we look back and we evaluate and see the see the hymns of the Psalms through the lens of Jesus. And so, Psalm forty two, uh, he's talking. His he's depressed. His soul is cast down, but he says a couple of times throughout that psalm, but I know I will hope in God. So it's not a period, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. It's, but I know one day there's hope yeah. coming. I'm going to come back again. Yeah. You know, so the, I think that posture, that resolve is good. Yeah, that's so, good. That's good. Um, second thing he talks about is is um, meaning in the midst of, of de- people who are struggling with depression um, for days, weeks, months, years, decades. Mm anxiety. And and Jimmy, let me just preface. I know what Philippians 4, 6 says, do, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, present your request to God with thanksgiving. Um, and the God of peace will be with you. Then he goes on to say, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, sure. anything's excellent, praiseworthy. Think about such things and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will be with you. Understand. Yes. Yet we struggle with anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> we struggle with lust. We struggle with gluttony, jealousy, bitterness. And so here we are talking about anxiety and depression, things that we struggle with. So in the midst of it, I think a lot of people will say something like this, or they'll subconsciously think, there's just no meaning to what's going on. There's there's nothing I'm going to learn. There's no purpose. 
And I think we need to be gracious and kind and loving and say, there's a purpose in everything. Yeah. There's there's no such thing for a believer as purposelessness. Now, we don't want to lead with that. Right. We don't it want is, to, right? And that's I have, big. I have big. done that. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to be really transparent. I have done that. I have said to someone who is hurting, there is purpose in your pain. They do not want to hear that. They don't want to hear it. And, and I don't know if that's the most compassionate thing to say. And I said it and I got some serious whiplash for it. Yeah. I, I was reading last night uh, Eugene Peterson's authorized um, biography by, by a friend of his. And he talks about when his mother died. He was not close with his dad, the guy who wrote the message, the translation of the Bible. He's, he's written a ton of books. He wasn't close with his dad. And subsequently, wasn't the best dad to his kids as well, which is really interesting. He, he acknowledges that. And then he was really close with his mom, and his mom died. And he had a pastor come up to him at his mom's funeral, gave some platitudes of Scripture, and um, left. And, it, and he says, gosh, it was so hollow. It just landed so—it just didn't land soft. And his— and he said out loud, I hope I never, and his daughter was right there. He goes, I hope I never um, give such vacuous, um, inappropriate, ill-timed counsel as that pastor, good intentions, yeah. did just then. Yeah. And his daughter said, Dad, that's not who you are. He was a pastor's pastor. He was with his sheep. He was with his people. He knew his people really well. And we, with the greatest of intentions, yeah. can take truth but truth at times needs to be placed in appropriate settings. And in the midst of depression, anxiety, you want to lead out with, just want to let you know, God's got a purpose. Romans 8, 28, all things, God is working together for good. We know that, but but we do need to be mindful of building relationships strong enough to bear the weight of truth to where we actually do say some at some point, there's something in this. Yeah. Because it can be comforting. Yeah, yeah, it can be, and it, it should be at the right time. Mm-hmm. And that time where it's comforting, it might be weeks, months, years down the road where you yeah. look back and they heard that word from Jenny Brown, yeah. and maybe it didn't land soft at that point, but as they think about it in September 29th of 2022, they're like, you know, the Spirit of God brought your truth, God's truth to her, to her his heart, and and it brought comfort. So, But we need to we need to understand both the person who's struggling and for those that we want to come alongside— there is meaning. We we don't live in a meaningless world. Yeah. So, but so that's a lament, hard truth. So lament. Lament. Find meaning. Me- meaning. <clears throat> and then correction. Okay. You're like, you're looking at me. So if you're listening <laughs> to this, Jenny just looked at me like, mm, what? correction sounds like rebuke. And I guess I would, I don't want to shy away. I want to say yes at times. Um, and, and I love what I love what David Pallison said. David Pallison is a licensed psychologist, PhD in psychology, and a and a counselor, a Christian counselor. And he said to his friend, a close friend, he goes, "Are you are are you listening to yourself?" And he's like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Are you listening to yourself? You are saying things that are not true. Hmm. You're engaging in unhelpful, untruthful, damaging." self-talk. And I engage in self-talk all the time. So my, a friend of mine said, it's okay if you talk back to yourself as long as you talk back in truth. Yeah. <laughs> and and he says, you know, and what he said, he made a commitment to his friend. Again, friendships, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. another podcast that we've done mm-hmm. about friendships, which is really important. I think in the midst of depression, anxiety, we need good godly yeah. friends that will sit, listen, weep, cry, pray, hold, embrace, and just be present, a minister of presence. And then at some point, 
open up their mouth to speak yeah. into our lives. That's a courageous conversation. Courageous conversation. That we've had before. Another. That people are dying for a second round of that, by the yeah. way. So okay. It's coming. That's we'll for talk, a different we'll time. We'll talk to the podcast guy. So do you say, as we approach, as we came to point three, are we, you're saying these, are you saying them in order? Are they interchangeable? No. Yeah, Can I think you these are not like step one, step two. Limit. I think at any given time, mm-hmm. um, you you might need to be sorrowful, which mm-hmm. probably at many instances is going to be part of the whole process, mm-hmm. sorrow and mm-hmm. weeping and sadness. Because it's so, not a, we start with depression and then we, there's this, yeah, if there's it's a. it's not that. Yeah. I mean, that's just not the Christian life. It's right. not my, it's it's not not my experience. It's, and it's, it's not yeah. what we see in the Bible mm-hmm. with the disciples. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're rocking with mm-hmm. great faith and trust. Other times they're melancholy and 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 depressed and show great faithlessness. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the phrase, oh, ye of little faith, is a phrase that Jesus only used for the disciples. Mm-hmm. He didn't use it for anybody else. Mm-hmm. So the disciples struggled all the time. So the Christian life is ups and downs. Yeah, you know, mountains and valleys. We want we want those valleys sometimes to to not get us low, and the mountaintops to maybe to get a little higher. But we want to be ascending and growing closer to the Father. But my life is man. Sometimes I'm one step forward and like nine steps back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I and I need people to encourage yeah. and challenge and, and correct me at times. So yeah. I think self talk we engage all the time. We want to be mindful of, of what people speak to their heart because out of the overflow of the heart. Yeah. The mouth speaks, and we want our heart to dwell and meditate on truth. Which so, means we need to be in the Word. And we've talked about yeah. that a lot. When we, when you talk about self-talk, we can tell ourselves what we've heard the world tell us. Right. We can tell ourselves what we've heard God tell us through right. the Word. And I think that's really important because whatever, whatever we've filled our brain with the most, that's what's going to, like you said, that's what's going to come out. That even happens in our self-talk. Right, right, right. So lament, Mm -hmm. there is meaning. Third was... Correction. Correction. Yes. Loving, gracious, merciful, timely correction in the context of a relationship. And then fourth, I would say grit. As a pastor, we want... I want to encourage our people and challenge our people as I try to encourage and challenge myself that we want there to be resolve. Um, We want there to be a mindset of keep going. Keep going. Put one foot in front of the other, and I, and I love I love the painting that you see, where there's like two sets of footprints. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's like one, one. set of footprints. And I heard a couple of years ago, like there's never been two sets of footprints. Jesus has always been carrying your sorry butt the whole time. You know, so <laughs> yeah. it's always it's always Jesus' footprints. I mean, yet He does want us to have a mindset of keep going. Put yeah. one foot in front of the other. Have grit. Have resolve. And Jesus doesn't. Jesus doesn't condemn us in our depression and anxiety per se. He doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't just rebuke us. But what he does, he he meets us, he meets us in it. Right? I mean, he, yeah. I mean the great high priest, our great friend, he sympathizes with us. So he is not only that he took one more step. He took a thousand more steps of the cross for us. And what he wants us to know in the midst of depression, anxiety, is that depression, anxiety does not have the final word. Mm. He does. And because of that truth, that hope, which is based upon a person, we can have grit and resolve to keep going with community, with friendships, with doctors, with medicine, Mm. with Bible studies, with sermons, with music, with the Psalms, with prayer, with meditation, all of it. It's a holistic approach. So that's trying to walk through depression, anxiety. And when so. you say resolve, you're not 
referring to always resolution on no, this earth, no, right? No, no, I'm not. Yeah, because I think talk- so many times people get into it, especially if they've just experienced it for the first time. They think, and and some have resolution. Yeah, many times. Yeah, it's it's a battle. It's it's a constant battle. Yeah, with with seasons, but we're all prone to it. But there are definitely people who are more prone right. to it. So you're saying you can have grit and there still not be a resolution on this earth. Yeah, and that's unfortunately, Jenny. That's what a lot of Christians think is going to happen. So if I really get serious about Jesus, and I, you know, take some medicine that's going to help me be lucid and clear about what's going on, and I'm in accountability, and I've gotten a doctoral checkup, and I'm in the Word, they think Jesus is going to put a nice little bow on my depression, and anxiety, and it's going to go away. It's just not the case. Yeah. That's not the case. So I, I think what we do is we hinder Jesus um, from really speaking into our situations because we think that the only way that he's going to meet us and intervene and engage with us is tying things up nice and neatly. And that's that's not what we get in the Bible. Yeah. So I think a grit is a resolve to keep going in the face of affliction and hardship. And that's tough. Yeah. Which is which is why we we need each other. You 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 should not go go through these things alone. I say all the time, Jesus called you into, into our personal relationship, but he never calls you into one that's private. So we we do we do life together. And I it's it's become kind of a one of those sayings that I don't want it to become so familiar. Like most Christians, I think most Christians do life alone. So they're not willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. So what's I know you have one more point, but what's the goal then? Right. What would you what would you say? Let's have that conversation. If the goal is not to tie it up in a little bow, what is the goal? I don't want to say what is the purpose, but, yeah. you know, what's the end? And we know the end is heaven. Right. We know our our body. Yeah. Um, But as we're sitting here talking about for someone who is in the throes of it, who knows, OK, there's not necessarily there might be an end, but there might not be an end. Yeah. Is that the goal? The knowledge I, of that? I think that's part of it. I mean, it can be it can be a multitude of of goals. I don't think there's any one goal because I think the reticence of me saying the what the goal is, is that if a person doesn't to see yeah. that yeah. or it's in the distant future or it's not even on the horizon, like, OK, well, yeah. this is a real helpful podcast. Right. You know, thanks, Dylan, <laughs> podcast guy and Jenny, Jenny. So I think the goal can be any, any number of things. It can be the reality that you're finite and and you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. It can be the reality that you actually grow in your transparency vulnerability. It can be the reality of taking the good graces and gifts that God's given to mankind of 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 medicine. Mm-hmm. It can be realizing that God is sufficient in the midst of struggles. It can be God exposing pride to where you didn't think I'll never struggle with that and I'm okay, but actually he says you are struggling and he brings it to the forefront of your mind. It can be him talking about and speaking about the necessity of friends where you've been a loner. It can be the fact that maybe maybe you're a medical professional and you know all the other things that are going on and, and you understand physiologically what's going on, but you have been... Um, in a spiritual desert, like you've, you don't, you don't meet Jesus in the scriptures and you don't listen to him. I mean, it, the goal can be a million a lot of different things. things. Yeah. So that's good. Um, I think yeah. that's, I think it's important to know. I think it's helpful to know that you may not find this your answer in a book that you've read. Like there's, there's just, yeah. there's a lot. Yeah. I've stopped. I really stopped trying to, you know, there are some, there are some scriptures speak. Here's the goal. Here's the objective. Here's the reality. But what I think Jesus wants us to understand in the midst of particular this issue of depression and anxiety is that he 
plays the long game with our souls. Mm. And I, I don't mean to be crass, like playing like depression is right. a game. My mean, I'm, I mean that Jesus is not in this for the temporary. He's in it for, for the long haul. Mm. The steadfastness love of God will sustain us. And, um, and we want to exemplify that with each other in the midst of depression and anxiety. So, yeah. All right, you have one more point. Lament, let's see. Lament, meaning, correction. I forgot my notebook. Yeah, I was going to write them down. You're good. Okay, lament, correction, meaning grit. Grit and and joy. Joy. Yeah. Oh, let's lighten it up a little bit. Joy. I think, I don't want to get emotional because there's some close, there's some people really close to me that, that have experienced joy in the midst of mm. depression, anxiety. But there's a lie that anxiety and depression preaches, and it says, this is never going to end. Mm. This isn't going to go away. And we know that's not true. We, we know as a yeah. believer in Jesus, we know that all of our struggles, depression, anxiety, lust, Anger, resentment, bitterness, fill in the blank. Every struggle has an expiration date. Mm. So, you know, we we have a firm and tight grip on the things of the world. We should have a tight grip on heaven and a loose grip on the world because we know the things of the world are passing away. Um, Peter writes in Second Peter, there's a new heaven and a new earth coming. John writes about this in Revelation. So all of our struggles, praise God, all of our struggles have an expiration date. And I, one of the things I don't think that we do well is we don't have a longing in our heart for heaven. But what struggle does is it reminds us this, this is not the norm. This is not where you will spend an eternity. You're not going to struggle with depression in the new heaven and new earth. You're not going to struggle with anxiety. You're not going to have a temptation of pornography. You're not going to struggle with sinful anger. You're not going to struggle with bitterness. You're not going to be overcome with jealousy. You're not going to overcome with discontentment. You're you're going to be at peace with your creator. You're going to see him face to face. So um, tell the lie of depression, anxiety, where it can go. It can go to hell because it has an expiration date. And so in the midst of depression, anxiety, it is possible to even have glimpses of joy which is hard to hear. It I know is. as some of you are listening. But I, it reminds me, I mean, I was literally in in Philippians chapter three this morning where Paul writes at the very beginning of that chapter, finally, I'm going to tell you this again, and it's no problem for me to do so right. because I know that rejoicing in the Lord is your safeguard. Yeah. It is, right. it is the, it is the answer to what is going on right here right. is, is being able to find joy in the hope yeah. of Jesus Christ and the right. hope of eternity and the hope right. of a new heaven and a new earth. Um, so I, I'm glad that we're ending there. Not to, not that it lightens things up a bit, but it, like you said, it gives us the hope to look forward to. Right. Right. So. Well, thank you. Thank you. That was a long one. Yeah. Was it long? It always, I always think it's going to go short, but we always go long. Cause you're overprepared always. Well, it's, and we appreciate it's, that. It's me. It's being long winded. <laughs> no. So sorry. We folks. appreciate that. No. Um, like we said before, mental health is, it's not easy to talk about. Um, we appreciate your willingness to, I, I don't, I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like it's not a topic that's really, a, a lot has been said about it from the pulpit. And it yeah. could be that there's so many, like we said before, but is that 
not is no, that that's a true fair. Statement? That's okay. right. Yeah, I I remember we had a this is back in September of 2020, and I was supposed to preach on giving. Second mm-hmm. Corinthians nine, talking about generous sacrificial giving, and I was talking to Larry like Wednesday night at rehearsal. Ryan was there, your husband, and I was like, "This is not what I need to preach on." I preached Psalm 42. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why? You know, and I had multiple people, Facebook messages, sidebar conversations, text messages. Hey, thanks for talking about depression, anxiety. But that's one time. And I mean, at least I've been here almost three years. Mm -hmm. So we need to do a better job of of talking about those things, because I think if you talk about from the pulpit, there's an openness, particularly Mm -hmm. if if the person struggles with it. And I think people will come out of the woodwork and that's what we want. We want people to bring their stuff to Jesus. Right. So, well, I appreciate your vulnerability and your honesty here. Um, in this space. And I pray that if you're listening, if you are in the throes of depression, listen, we all we all have anxiety um, to some extent, some of us much more than others, um, some seasonal, some chronic, chronic. Yeah, all the time. Um, but wherever you are, I pray that these these points that Pastor Nate brought um, held meaning for you, that you can find yourself somewhere in on your journey um, for you to grasp onto, but ultimately that we can rejoice um, in the hope of Jesus. And I don't know where you are, but I'm going to say it anyway, because there are people, no matter where you are, there are people who have been where you were. That's right. And, and they you need still you. Are. And right. Sometimes we're, and they're right. still there. We're with you in yeah. the throes of it. Right. But they need you. They right. need your expertise. Even if you've walked just a few steps ahead, they need you. Um, we need each other. And so, again, I appreciate you coming on here. Um, if you are just joining us, make sure you check out our previous two podcasts with Bethel and Christian on our soul care um, providers. Here at Graceland Church, if you're in our community in Southern Indiana, um, you can certainly have access to those providers. Um, We just ask that you would reach out if you need a pastor to talk to, that you would reach out. Um, We're glad you're here. We hope you come back next week and share this with a friend or family member who you might um, think will benefit, which I think we're all in that boat. So thank you. And until next time, take care.